It is time for another Amateurs Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hello and welcome to another NRL Fantasy Amateurs Podcast. It's Mark here with Ryan as usual. And Ryan, welcome to Draft Week, mate. How are you? How are you feeling? You're pumped for Draft Week. Oh, mate, it's a, it's a good time. It's a time to be alive. We've got our uh, NFL fantasy in the rear, so it's time for a, 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 some more drafts. It's, you know, it's the best part. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Yeah, obviously, we've had our uh, Super Bowl yesterday, and we're now uh, officially into NRL season, having seen you know the first you know glimpses of, of games. And, um, I mean, obviously, there's a few guys who have been impressive and a few guys who have been maybe not as impressive. So, mate, uh, I guess, you know, I know the other guys are sort of covering it, so we'll, we'll rip over it quickly before we get into our draft content. Obviously, we had the Broncos play against the uh, – was it Winner Manly? Um, yeah, the Seagulls. In the, yeah. in, the, in the Q Cup sort of Broncos mix reserve grade NRL trial thing where they actually drew last year, but they beat them 52 points to four, I think, this year. So, obviously, much better signs for the Broncos – uh, missing all their big names, but I mean they had a lot of uh, guys who are potentially, you know, contending for starting spots and whatever. And did you get catch much of that one, or did you not catch much of that one? Oh, I didn't see too much. I saw the odd highlights and uh, saw plenty of um, plenty of other pages doing some breakdowns. So it was, it was good to see. Mm-hmm. But apparently, uh, Jordan Pereira was uh, one of the more impressive players. Yeah, mate. There was one try in particular where he kind of got the ball about ten meters out, and there was he had no business scoring a try. There was, I reckon, there was five defenders in between him and the line, and he literally just like stuck his head down and burrowed in and pushed them all out of the way and scored. It would have been a yeah, it would have been a huge play for fantasy, and yeah, just every time you looked up, he was you know taking the dirty carries out of his old own end. So it was uh yeah, it was good to see from a potential fantasy manager's perspective. Uh, but, um, I mean, outside of that, the other guys that really impressed, obviously Billy Walters looked really good in his time at nine, didn't sort of do much at six because it was only the last sort of five, six minutes when they were already up by a lot. Uh, Ezra Mam, uh, who I sort of penciled you all in in our first or well, sort of second podcast back this year, he um, he uh, he sort of was playing the bulk of the game at 5-8, uh, aside from when he went off with a calf. Uh, cramp with about five minutes to go or something, which is when Walters went into the halves. But he didn't kick the ball once in 75 minutes. <laughs> so, um, I mean, obviously he's a little, you know, he's a little baby Milford um, without the the puppy fat. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, he's he kind of looks a bit like um, like a Ben Barber type 5'8". Okay. Yeah, but yeah, he's uh yeah, he's he's kind of small but kind of a bit stocky and just yeah, looks a bit yeah, like he's obviously he's got a you know, he set up a couple of tries. He there was one where they kind of bombed it up to I think it was Pierre Cura, who's uh, one of their edge back rowers who's fighting for you know, if if one of their edges was to go down, he'd be kind of the next man up. He uh I think he tipped one back and and Mam sort of scooped it up and and found his way to the try line and yeah, I think he laid on a couple of other tries as well. So he's, uh, yeah, he's definitely, if he is going to be in, he's going to be not a base stat beast, that's for sure. He's going to be a, he's going to be a, a, um, a roller coaster. 
yeah, he'd be a roller. Co- he wouldn't be somebody I'd be trusting in my team week to week. He'd be somebody I'd be kind of, you know, looping or, you know, sort of similar to what I guess maybe Sam Walker offered us uh, last year in a way. Mm. You know, that, that sort of smaller, obvious talent could give you a 23 or a 73 and you don't know which one it's going to be until after the game. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's – or a Luai, you know, that sort of player. Yeah. That's, okay. that's, that's him. You know, he's a, he's a Luai, Sam Walker, you know, AJ Brimson, you know, that style 5'8". He's not a, uh, he's not a, a kicking, you know, dominant half, which in fairness suits Reynolds down to the ground because that's exactly what Cody Walker was as well. Mm. So I think, um, yeah, I think he's going to be good there. So, uh, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. Um, I'm expecting – well, because obviously Albert Kelly didn't play, which could be good for Albert Kelly or bad for Albert Kelly. <laughs> uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, and then obviously uh, from the forwards, they sort of didn't really have any of their forwards there, but we sort of have a pretty good idea what their what their forward pack is going to look like. It's just whether it's going to be Hetherington at 13 or on the bench and Flegler and James sort of fighting for two starting spots and a bench spot. So um, Hetherington was kind of meh. So, you know, he like he played, I definitely played, but um, there wasn't anything that I saw that made me go like, oh, Kobe Hetherington stepping up this year. So, yeah, it's uh, further um, made me feel comfortable in the decision to leave him out, I think, more than anything. Okay. Some good takeaways. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but obviously the All-Stars game, a lot more people watch that than the YouTube stream of the Broncos <laughs> trial. Uh, so, mate, uh, I was um, you know, sitting in my spa out the back when this game was on, so I didn't really pay a massive amount of attention to it. So, mate, you might have to talk me through this one. Uh, from what I saw, um, Jordan Rapinar thinks he's Sonny Bill Williams, though. That's my <laughs> – is that yeah, the gist of it or what? Yeah, basically. Imagine getting suspended in a bloody exhibition game. It's just, uh, I don't know. I, I find it a bit was ridiculous. Was uh, it just me or did you do the same shoulder charge twice? He did, yeah. He, he did it yeah. one and then about 10 minutes later he did it again and got binned. Yeah. Um, such a nugget, eh? He's, uh, he, oh, he just wanted an extra holiday, extra two weeks off. Yeah, mate. Well, you know, that's going to actually present some really interesting questions here for fantasy managers looking at Xavier Savage. Because mm. uh, I mean, obviously, we're going to get either Savage or Semi Valame on the wing, and if it's Semi Valame, I think we know exactly where Savage stands in the team. Mm. Uh, but if it's if it's Savage, it's going to give us a really interesting question as to who's the odd man out out of you know uh, him and Tomoko. I think is the two guys. So, I mean, what's the? Is, can I can I ask this question? If the Raiders decide to uh, put Savage into the team and he's a must in the 13, is Tomoko the man that misses out and Kotrick is the center? Hmm. Potentially. Um, I, I can't help but think, though, that they've brought Kotrick back specifically to play on the wing. Um, mm. But I, I guess if you wanted to take a flyer on Savage, like you'd be betting on like how long is Jared Croak going to last. You know, I like guess if, if he... He's gone once he hits 300 games. I'm pretty sure he's getting pretty close now. Um, well, that presents the same question, though. Yeah, I suppose. Hmm. It's a tough one. Uh, um, Are they going to play Sebastian Chris or 
well, it's obviously it's not Harley Smith Shields now. Um, are they playing Sebastian Chris or are they like, it sounds to me like Chance is nailed into that fullback Jersey by, by Rapana's comments about, you know, um, you know, I'm not the elite fullback. I'll leave that for Chance. As mm-hmm. he said before the, the game. So I just, yeah, I'm just food for thought, man. I'm just floating out there. I like to get these takes on record well before they actually happen. So if it comes <laughs> up, I can go back and, and dig up the receipts. And if I, if it doesn't happen, I'm the only one that'll remember. So <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll be complaining about how you called it and then you didn't get on and you, everyone else is yeah. benefiting. No, mate, exactly right. Well, So what you're telling me is I should get Kotrick, is that's what you're saying? Yes, mate. What could possibly go wrong? You know, last year oh, was mate. just an accident. No. It's fine. Yeah, no. Just a bit of a whoopsie. <laughs> yeah. uh, mate, outside of that, what what's took out? What, what, who is your main from each? Let's just, you know, mm. we'll just cover it really briefly. What was your main fantasy takeaway from each of the two teams? So one from the Maori All-Stars and one from the Indigenous Australian All-Stars. Oh, I mean, there's a couple you could pick out from each team, but if I could only pick one, um, uh, I think for the Indigenous, geez, it's tough to split between David Fafita and Nico Hines. I'll go David Fafita just because he looked like an absolute weapon. He, does, he doesn't look like he's lost a step at all. Um, he was just toying with them. Um on that breakaway try assist where he apparently uh, had a bit of a rib cartilage injury picked up. Um, it, it just looked phenomenal. It, it's it's going to be tough um, to go without him to start the year. If he's playing 80 minutes, he could really do some damage. Um, it's just, yeah, you don't know what his role is going to be in round one. But obviously as well, Hines was very impressive, um, put up a very solid mm-hmm. fantasy score, played the whole 80, 80 minutes as well. Um from the uh, Mari side, I mean, there was a couple. I guess Joseph Tarpany was the man of the match. He's the, the one you got to got to pick out. He was just incredible. He was tackle busting, offloading, set up a try, scored a try. He looked like an absolute weapon. And, um, he, and I think uh, you know the new scoring with the offloading is really going to suit him. It's just a matter of um, is there any chance Sticky gives in the minutes and. Like we were discussing before we started recording, um, how much faith do we have in Sticky? It's it's pretty low. Yeah, it's minimal to none is the mm. answer to the question. So, I mean, what's Tarpany priced at? He'd be pretty He's 47, already. 580 k oh, Okay, all right, all right. Well, you know, looking at his, um, you know, yearly breakdowns on the, you know, Rugby League Fantasy Pro stats engine that we're looking at now, uh, in games where he played at least 40 minutes, and you have to think that he's a moral for 40 minutes a game, mm. over the last two seasons, his average is over 50. So okay. he's not going to play Origin, obviously. And that's based on 47 minutes, roughly. Okay. So, I mean, it's not it's not a hard ask. I guess it really depends on what this Raiders team looks like. I mean, I mean, there's a world where it's, you know, Starling and Hodgson and Hodgson's a middle forward and then they have they have that, you know, like you know, like there was the Harry Grant, Brandon Smith, but then they were also carrying that bench utility at the storm as well, like the mm. Whether, whether they do that and they go, you know, Starling can play 80 if we need him, Hodgson can play 80 if we need him. You know, we're going to carry Savage as a backline utility as a number 17 and we'll just roll Tarpany, Papali'i, Hudson Young, 
you know, they got Adam Elliott there. He can play big minutes. Hodgson can play lock minutes. It's not like they need that extra middle. Um, no, they don't. But, you know, the one, the one time you decide to go that way, you lose your Papali'i and Tarpani in, in the first 10 minutes and you're stuck with, like, you know, Starling playing 80 and Hodgson playing 80 and you got the world's smallest middle of the field and then you're in trouble. So... It's it's just yeah I don't know it's just interesting um it'll be interesting to sort of see um it, interestingly he does average more when he's at prop than he does when he's at lock and off the bench even in similar minutes mm. so if you look at his positional breakdown in that same criteria forty plus minutes if he's named at prop there's eight starts there at an average of fifty one point nine. But if you look at the lock and bench, his average is 42 at an average of 49 and a half minutes. So it's a full, almost a full 10 points. But I wonder if that's got something to do with the turnover tackles. Yeah, most of those, most of those prop starts were this year. Okay. uh, Like just gone, where he's 52 average in 50 minutes at prop uh, as opposed to, yeah, seven starts between the other two at a 46 average in 40. One minute. So, yeah, that's obviously, yeah, that was this year where there's the turnover tackles inflating that. Okay, that's that's good. We worked our way through the process. So, <laughs> yeah, I know TK is really high on Tarpany. So, you know, when when you hear his, the name come up a couple of times, you know, you have to make sure you're not doing your player bias and you have to do your, you know, you have to do your exercise and, and make sure that you, you're having a look at it. I mean, he, he, he may well. I, I, I said that Brian Toto was a dud last year and we all saw what happened there. So, I mean, maybe maybe Tarpany's the Toto this year. I don't know. So, who knows? And um, what about, uh, I mean, oh, oh, yeah, we did David Feeder. Yeah, cool. All right. And obviously Nico Hines, special mention, he uh, he had an awesome game as well. So, yeah, he's uh, he's been in my team since the morning after that game. And it's not uh, recency <laughs> bias, I swear. So, hey, um, just just a couple of things I want to touch on. There's a couple of um, uh, trial squads out for this weekend. Uh, obviously, not all of them have been named. Uh, somebody sent me a message on Instagram earlier about um, uh, Connolly Lemuelu for the Cowboys being named in the back row and whether he was going to potentially be an option named there in round one because he's eligible at wing fullback. And the answer to that's a resounding no. Mm. Um, yeah. You've only got to look at the rest of the team. It's it's all backups. Yeah. It's, it's not great. Um, yeah. The uh, the Bulldogs one's going to be interesting because it seems like they've got a lot of their starters playing. Mm. Um, so of Melbourne. It'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see Josh Cook, uh, the new hooker for Bulldogs. Um, Matt Dufty's going to play. Paul Vaughan's going to play. Pangai's going to play. Uh, but no, Josh Adokar, Naden, Burton. So, eh, it's, I'm surprised that they're trotting out. Like, I know, I guess Jack just played the the All Stars game, and so did Naden. But Burton's kind of, I guess, they're really worried about him getting injured, aren't they? They, don't, <laughs> they won't let him out, but they're letting everybody else out. What does that say um, about Cole Flanagan? They just really don't rate him. <laughs> oh, mate, poor Cole Flanagan. I feel bad for Cole Flanagan. Anyway, moving along, mate. We're done. We're finished with the trials. Uh, so, yeah, we'll keep an eye out. Obviously, we'll have lots of content, lots of yeah. information coming out of the trials. We will um, get a sneak peek at uh, Lachlan Ilias this week. He looks like he's lining up with Blake okay, Chaffer okay, fullback. Okay. So that's something. Okay, okay. Yeah, good stuff. I like it. 
All right, Ryan. Now, mate, it's draft week, so we've we've yes. had enough talk about non-draft related things, and we we're now going to jump into the draft content. So, mate, you have done a fantastic job. Uh, where I just basically came in at the end and and told you about <laughs> all the things that you did wrong. Um, so, mate, I want to have a chat to you about these draft rankings because obviously we've spent a fair bit of time. De- well, you spent a fair bit of time developing this, but you know, obviously we have lots of conversations off air about our thoughts on players and projections and where we see their minutes and all that sort of stuff. You know, we really have an unhealthy obsession with this sort of thing. And I mean, this isn't a guarantee, but I think this sort of you know, there's a pretty wide range of outcomes here for most of these guys. Mm. So, mate, uh, obviously, uh, for anyone who hasn't played draft before, uh, it's a fairly uncommon way of doing fantasy in NRL. But, I mean, in the American football, which Ryan and I both follow pretty closely, draft is the way that you play fantasy. And, you know, obviously, you go in there, you set up your league, you just play against your mates. You can only have one of the same player rather than duplicates. So there's no teams where everybody's got Cleary. Uh, it's you know it's which you know takes the fun out of doing the captaincy every week. You know you have a you know a league. You set it up depending on how many people you got in your league. You decide how many of each position you want, uh, and you do a draft and and off you go. So we're actually going to do a uh, a live draft at some point in the next couple of weeks and and turn that into some content for you guys hopefully and talk through the um talk through the the madness there. Uh, but, Ryan, I guess we want to, want to talk a little bit about draft strategy. Mm. So um, I guess I, I, what's your main sort of when you go into a draft, whether it be for American football or, or um, you know, NRL, mm. uh, is there a kind of a, a method that you like a cookie cutter approach that you follow in terms of like, you know, what sort of types of players you're targeting earlier and later? Like what sort of, how do you structure your draft that you do? Well, I think, well, obviously, you know, for draft, the top two pick themselves. Um, I think, you know, Cleary and Turbo are going to be on one, two in just about every single league. But after that is where it starts to get a little bit interesting. Um, Did you uh, say uh, Harry Grant and Ryan Pappenhausen? Is that what you said? Maybe, (laughs) maybe it was just... (laughs) No, look, I... um, I tend to target positional scarcity with uh, NRL. You know, it's not like the NFL where you've got uh, 32 teams, um, you know, a stack of players to choose from. Right. And you, so you hang on, play. just just wind back and, and give us a what, is, what exactly is positional scarcity? So just in terms of um, the amount of elite options available in a position, you know, for example, um, here looking at hooker, right? So we've got Damian Cook, Harry Grant, Reid Marnie. Um, we've got them with a floor in the, you know, mid to high 50s and a ceiling into the 60s, right? Um, after that, after those three, it, it tends to really drop off. Um, you know, our next best is Brandon Smith and Appy Corusau, who we've got, you know, slated for potentially low 50s averages this year. So, you know, it's a potentially 10-point drop-off there once you go past Reed Marnie at three down to Brandon Smith. So, you know, you're really losing a lot of points there versus, say, uh, take, for example, middle, right? So, like, Payne Haas, yeah, he's obviously an elite option. He's our number one. We've got him um, somewhere between 60 and 66. Let's just say split the difference, say 63. Uh, after that, like, there's still a bunch of guys there that are that are quite good. Like, we've got, um, say, Mitch Barnett down at eight, who we've got penciled in for about a 55 average this year. So, like, you, you're losing, say, five points, Um there, but you know, you've only gone about seven uh, players down versus once you're down to you know your fourth, 
pick for the uh, for the hooker role, you've really dropped off. Um, you know, even for half this year, like with the nerf to, to uh, kick meters, it's sort of evened it up a little bit once you get past um, Cleary, like the cheat code. Um, you know, like you've, you've got a bunch of guys there that like DC, Munster, Hughes, Hunt, Sexton, Keary, Hines, who, you know, we've sort of got penciled in for mid-50s, maybe DC a little bit higher than that. But, you know, they're all around that mid-50s range. So, like, you, you get a lot more consistency picking up one of these guys in, say, round two or three versus, like, you know, say you're, you're picking up, uh, you know, Matt Burton or, you know, Luke Keary, for example, in, say, round two or three. Um, versus, you know, you're trying to pick up a hooker in round three and you're left staring at, say, you know, Andrew McCulloch or Josh Hodgson. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I know which one I'd, I'd stomach. So, yeah, that's, that's what I mean in terms of um, positional scarcity. Yep, no, I agree. I do the exact same thing. I'm sort of looking for a high floor, high ceiling first pick captaincy. Mm. And then... Um, yeah, obviously, particularly in a position where there's a limited amount of guys. So, you know, you have to think, you know, let's say it's a 12-person draft. You have to think the first round of players is a Damien Cook, Grant and Marnie, as, as you say. And mm. then what it's Payne Haas, Papali, Ian Crichton, maybe McInnes and Murray. That takes Pappenhausen. us to eight. Pappenhausen. But yeah. like, I, I, that's an interesting one. So, I mean, Turbo, Cleary, DCE. But, um, yeah, I mean, Turbo and, and Pat. So, I mean, that's about 12, right? So, like, yeah. let's say you're – because, I mean, see, wing fullback's an interesting one. It's actually – and I, I kind of want to go through – and maybe I just want to sort of go through a little bit here. I've got a couple of guys that I'm looking at, and I'm, I'm a bit mad about the, the high lows that you're giving up, so – I want to uh, call you out without notice on some players, all right? <laughs> sure. All right. Now, talk to me about Latrell Mitchell. So yes. Latrell Mitchell, we've got here as uh, the fullback, wing fullback three, which is, you know, that's a compliment. We've got him above Hines, Tedesco, you know, Ponga, these sorts of guys. Mate, a ceiling of 59. Mm-hmm. Are you sure that that's where his ceiling is? Yeah, I do. Um, look, that, that this is assuming he takes over the goal kicking. Um, and I, I think it's a pretty likely scenario that he does. You know, like he's, he's adding six points there. That, you know, that, that's, you know, that's huge for, for a guy that, um, well, I think on the new scoring, he was uh, in the low 50s last year. So, like, mm-hmm. you tack on six points there. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's unrealistic at all. Oh, I was wondering if it was low. Oh really? You think it's too low? Mm. What do you, th- you think he's yeah, going to be in the sixties, mate? Oh, I don't, I don't think. I just think it's, you know, it's it's not out of the realms of possibility. So mm. I just think he's, um, you know, well, there's a I, chance. I'm, there's a chance he might even add like um, the odd kick meters as well. Like you know, well, he was doing that occasionally for the Roosters. Um, that's you know, sort with, of where I'm sort of looking at it, going, okay, so kick meters. He, you know, he only got four kick meters in the whole season <laughs> last year. So, mm. I mean, even if he adds 30 meters a game, which is one one big boot of his, that's one point up, you know, and then he's going to get, what, seven points in goals? Yeah. You'd say at least six. You'd say at least six. Six, seven. 
So, yeah, so, so six points in goals and one kick meter point per game takes him to 59 and a half mm. from last year. So I'm just I like I think I think there's another yeah I think there's a there's a, an unrecognized ceiling potentially there which I mean is a good thing I certainly wouldn't take him any higher than three so I mean he's in the right no. spot I'm just because I, I was looking at him for classic I went back and had a look and I was like oh no he's suspended for the first couple of weeks but I mean he's somebody like if he falls into what I guess what I'm getting at is like. I'm expecting, I think Tedesco will go before him. I think Heinz, Toto, Ponga, they'll all go before him. You know, yeah. if he's if he's sitting there in round three, would you cop the couple of week first couple of weeks suspension to draft him in that spot? <laughs> Well, it's funny you ask that because I remember your strategy last year at our draft. You just drafted everyone <laughs> that was injured for the first. Mate, that was season. I got Tom Turbo in like the fifth round or something like that. That was a great strategy. Oh, look, it almost yeah, came I, through I, for me. I mean, I'd cop it. Like, uh, also depends on your like your final structure. Like, say you're in a twelve team league, but like you know the top eight make the finals. Like, you can afford to you know be underdone for the first week or two of the season. You know, like knowing that you've got yeah. Latrell to come back. It's a long season. You don't need to, um, you know, you don't need to be firing from week one. You've only got to make the eight. Obviously, you can make the top four. That's a bonus. But at the end of the day, you, you do only need to make the eight to have a chance. So, look, I'd happily eat that for a guy who I think is going to be the the third best wing fullback this year. Um, and, look, and he also ticks the fun to watch basket too. I guess, yeah, the uh, the, the obvious downfall is um, there's every chance he cops another month's suspension by doing something you know, oh. hot-headed. When someone gets under under his skin, that's that's true. Mm. Um, is Reese Reese Walsh or Sean Johnson going to kick goals for the Warriors this year? I'd I'd bet it's going to be Sean Johnson, um, but it, it wouldn't surprise me to see Walsh. But I, if I had to pick one, I'd say it's going to be Johnson. Um, All right, because you got him down here at number twelve. Yeah, that that is assuming that's, he doesn't kick goals. Yes, because you're hedging your bets a, little, bets a little bit here because you know, if we look at the, the average here, 75-plus minute starts at fullback, uh, he averaged 43.85, so call that 40, 44 with three-and-a-half points worth of goals. So that's what, 40.5? Yeah, I'm also tipping him to lose a lot of the kick meters because like, he was averaging, what, he averaged about 127 kick meters. Kick- yeah, 127 kick meters in the fullback games. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. I haven't, uh, yeah, so in, in his fullback games, yeah, 127 meters. So you, you have to think that's going to go back now that, you know, they're going to have Sean Johnson there. I don't know who's going to be partnering him, possibly, you know, Harris DeVita or Nick Arima. Or, you know, it could be any one of these guys. But either way, like, they're, they're all guys who contribute to the in-play kicking. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I just think he's going to lose a little bit there. And if he loses the goal kicking too, like, that's just a big, big chunk out. Yeah. So, all right. So, let me ask you. So, you've got Reese Walsh at twelve here. Mm. Who do you trust more, Reese Walsh or Dylan Edwards? Um, I guess if it was between the two, because mm. look, the thing with Dylan Edwards is he loses a lot of points in tackle busts, um, from what I remember um, when okay. I was projecting him. Because uh, yeah, he averaged about five points in tackle busts, but he doesn't offload a whole lot. 
Um, mm. Yeah, maybe I was a little bit harsh on Edwards because, you know, looking at his try scoring, he only had a 30% try scoring rate last year. There's a possibility. He, it's because Cleary yeah. pinched him off. Yeah, it's true. He scored a million, didn't he? <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I've been a little harsh on the Edwards there. Maybe I could bump him up to 12. What, what are your thoughts? Okay. Oh, man, I like Dylan Edwards. I, I haven't even looked at his stats. I just rustle on your jimmies on him. I just, you know, <laughs> oh, like, it's just, you know, like, what would you, you know, I do have a problem with you having David North Luma down at 28. I don't. <laughs> 36 and a 40 as a ceiling, mate. You're, you're having a laugh. Yeah, maybe I could be a little bit higher there, but I, I don't have him yeah. averaging 50 like you, mate. David Norfoluma should be in the top 10. No. I will I, – I can move him to – I can move him to 16. That's the best I can do. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Put some damn respect on the man's name. Raise that floor <laughs> up. Mate, he's old. He's done. Cactus. Oh, don't, don't, no, he's – mate, he's a good-looking bloke. He's, he'll be right. Don't you worry about that. Greg Marju, 30, 33 to 37. Is that a tackle bus thing? Is he getting this absolutely yeah. hammered on the tackle bus? Yeah, from memory, he oh, loses quite a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, okay. Like that was his game. He was a tackle buster. Uh, same yeah. with Corey Thompson. Yeah, no, nah, fair enough. All right, I'll leave you alone in the wing fullbacks. Jaden Campbell down at 20, I, I have some – I wonder if that's a bit rough on him, 37 to 41. You reckon? He really – yeah, are you – do we think the top? Well, I guess it comes back to what you think about the Titans. Yeah, I mean, like I'm taking a look at it now. Like he, he averaged what four tackle busts a game, scored five tries in six games. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in him. Um, maybe I'm being okay. a little harsh, but uh, I think I think low forties is his ceiling, personally. All right. Okay, that's all right. Now, mate, moving into the centres, mm-hmm. talk me through Paul Momorowski down at number 18. <laughs> uh, I'm going to find the centres. Where have I put him? Just scroll. Yeah, that's without – yeah, 18. Yeah, that's uh, that's without goal kicking. Um, All right. So and, – and look, if you're drafting now, like uh, I, I don't think you can take him – I don't think you can rank him higher than that because you can't say for certain he's going to be in the side. You know, if he's in the side and he's goal kicking, yeah, I, you okay. know, you'd probably have him at four. But um, yeah, so you're ra- you're, you know. you're factoring into that ranking the the risk of him a not goal kicking and then b maybe not even being in the team. Yeah, exactly. You know, you you can't say yeah. for certain. Like as of right now, at least that he's going to be in the side round one. Um, maybe we mm-hmm. get some more information between now and then. But you know, if you're drafting today, yeah, you know, it is a risky proposition if you if you're drafting right, you know, this weekend, for example. Yeah, I wonder how far he's dropping. If anyone's got, if anyone's done a draft already, send us where. I'm actually genuinely curious about this. Send us where Paul Momorowski went in the draft, because I mean, mm. you, and you're exactly right. If he is goal kicking and he's definitely in the team, he's four, mm. maybe five, depending on how you feel about Hamaso. I've been getting some. Some negative comments about my Hamaso love recently, but yeah, mate, there's a dead, there's an absolute dead set chance he's number four on this list or number five. Yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah, no, that's yeah, it's it's you got to bake that in. Um, but you know, I mean, the same could be said about Targo, though. Really, like, I mean, we just assuming mm. he's going to play center. It, what's to say he's not the bench utility this year with you know um, 
idiot May gone and and um and uh Tyler May's at center. Yeah, we don't know that. Yeah. So Yeah, that's a good point. That is a very good point. Uh, maybe you know Targo needs to be bumped down because of that. Um mm. Yeah, I think I was just working on the assumption that it is going to be him at center, but yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Like we don't know for certain, do we? Um and I, and I guess Jordan Rapana needs to be bumped down now too that he's going to be missing in the first two weeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, well, he might be a value. He's somebody that you can look at as a value in that case, you know. And go, mm. "Oh, I'm going to snipe him up cheap a little bit." What about Bradman Best? How like I mean I know we got told told off by the NRL physio the other week for um having him as a uh, is he eligible wing fullback? Surely he's not. No, he's just uh Okay, right. No, oh, I think I think I yeah I need to update that. I'll take that out. No, never mind, guys. He's not listed on our website as dual wing fullback, or he won't be by the time <laughs> he's listening to this. <laughs> You didn't see uh, anything. Ooh. Okay. No, but I think, you know, look, if you look back at his um, 2020 season, in the yeah. 10 games, even with the new scoring, average 42.1. Yeah, it's pretty pretty decent. Um, yeah, look, looking at that year, he didn't have as many tackle busts as what you'd think. Like for a guy of his play style, um, you know, he sort of strikes yeah. you as a tackle busting type of guy, but yeah, no, he, uh, he, he did, he did pretty well. Like, I guess maybe it was, it was a just a um, try scoring rate. It's a hundred percent in the try scoring. Mm. If you look at the 42 versus the 36 and a half in 2021, 70% tries in 2020 versus only 15 and a half in 2021. Yeah. And I think like, I, I think you're in the similar boat to me that we're both a little bit uh, bullish on the Knights this year. Like, I don't think either of us are, Predicting, you know, great things from them. Um, you know, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think they're a top eight side um, with their no. current spine, um, and they've got, you know, Roosters, Penrith, Manly in the first five rounds. Um, it's, yeah, it's not great. Gigantic oof up to eleven. Turn the oof up to eleven. Yeah, no, it's it's not great stuff. So, oh, yeah, no, it's gonna gonna be a worry. So yeah, no, I just I just I don't know, maybe he's. Yeah. Like I don't trust him, and I certainly like for classic even as well. Like you know, you gotta you know you gotta have a dabble on these guys that you see, you know. But the centers, there's so many options. You wouldn't go anywhere near him with you know Hamaso and Momorowski in the same place with you know five points more of upside comfortably. So, mm. uh, jumping through here to the halves, mate. I have to say I was a little bit upset this morning. I listened to the Talking League podcast, and they were trashing my boy Toby Sexton. What? He was the trap city for all three of them. I was a bit dirty on it. Oh, we're not friends with him anymore. Yeah, no, mate. <laughs> shocking. Dead set. No, I love it. Um, but, yeah, no, mate, he's, uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Without going too far into it, obviously, we've got him listed at number six here. So we are very confident with him. We've got him above Nico Hines, above Matt Burton, sort of same range as Kiri, but with more upside, um, which is probably just basically due to goal kicking. Uh, and Kerry yeah. coming back from that injury. But, I mean, Sexton, he's one. I wonder if he's slipping in drafts because, um, I mean, for me, like after Burton at nine, the teardrop is pretty significant there. Like that, you know, <laughs> Burton to Moses at 10, I have really big worries about, and Reynolds at 11. I have really big worries about uh, Parramatta this year and Moses and um, – yeah, obviously Adam Reynolds is is he's uh, always gotten his points from kick meters. Mm. So yeah, I mean, I guess what I'm getting at here is 
let's say you miss out on a hooker and you're on you're at the turn, so you're at the end of the first, early second, would you like double drop on these goal kicking halves with upside and like just like fill out your halves position straight up and just go like yeah. and to get Sexton and Nico Hines. Mm. It's um yeah, it's an interesting strategy. I guess you know the benefit with Hines is that he also fills that wing fullback position. Um, mm, yeah, you know, you, know, you can't overlook that because you know I'm sure you know just about every year there's a, a couple of guys who sort of pop up as um, you know like plug and play type of halves. Like we would have, you know, you would if you'd picked up Gamble last year. Like I don't think he would have been drafted. Um, even Sexton for the few like the month he started. Now, if you've picked these guys up off the waiver wire, like you can slot Hines into your wing fullback. You can, you know, piss off, say, like your your third wing fullback. Like for me last year, I think it was, you know, like Alex Johnson or something like that. You know, like you can get rid of, mm. you know, your your wingers with um with low ceiling type players to, you know, stick stick a Hines in there. Um yeah, it's 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 a tough one because like I, I guess the problem with halves is because they've been nerfed so much, like even the uh you know, the high ceiling type of guys, it's, you know, once you get past DCE, like we don't have any of these guys projected to hit 60s versus, you know, like say a, a mid where like, a, like you know, mids, for example, they might be, there's more depth there. But, mm. you know, if, if you're going to be getting more consistent 60 points out of these guys, like do you, what do you value more, I suppose? Yeah. We have to think without the base, and this is the the other thing is 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 might be more of a case of looking at the floor as it is than looking at the ceiling. Mm. You know, like you trust like Moses is a great example, right? Like you trusted with Moses, no matter what, he was gonna put up fifteen tackles and like four hundred kick meters. You know, so at least you got that thirty-five base, you know, without obviously there's negatives on top of that and run meters and whatever. But you know, now that same scenario is only, you know, what's that? Oh, bloody, showing my bloody slackness here. Long time since I left school. Um, 13 points in kick metres. That's a 28 instead of a 35, mm. you know, plus the negatives. And if it's, let's say it's, you know, he's, was he's, you know, if you look at like just yanking up, I'm just going to yank up Moses here. Um, he's, because uh, this, uh you know, fantasy pro uh, stats engine things calibrated for new scoring. So it makes it really easy. You don't have to do all the number checking. If you look at 2021 scores, 24 here against Manly, which would have been more. So um, I'm going to have to pull up that kick. Hang on. It's the kicking. Uh, 283 kick meters. So he got... 11 points out of kick meters instead of 14 there. So that 25 becomes a, oh, sorry, 28 becomes a 24. You know, and that's a, obviously a pretty bad game for them. Uh, 33, yeah. So that 16 becomes a 10, you know, and that 39 becomes a 33. You know, it's just, it. I think it just takes a floor down a bit with these sorts of guys. Whereas, you know, you look at, you know, I'd rather I'd be happy to wait an extra round and take a guy like your um, Dylan Brown, who's way uh, you know he's probably he's actually more expensive in classic, 
but you have to think people will, you know, like the average punter will be going, oh, yeah, Moses is way better than Dylan Brown. Moses averaged 55 last year. Dylan Brown only averaged 51. And mm. Fogarty, these sorts of guys. Whereas Dylan Brown makes all of his points in tackles, attacking stats, run meters, you know, and hardly anything in kick meters. Mm. So you got to look for the value there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because like Brownie, he hasn't lost much at all. Um, you know, it's it's funny. Like this uh, kick meter nerf has really put uh, Moses and Brown on on level terms this year. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Well, obviously Brown starts more expensive, so you know, I mm. guess that means new new scoring calculated. He's better. Um, how highly are we prioritizing these three absolute elite gun centers that are eligible at other other positions? So Burton, Bird, Aiken. Uh, look, it's it's tough because, like, some of these guys, you're going to need them to round out those positions, um, you know, like, say, half or I guess Burton is, is one because, like, you could quite easily pick up a um, a mid-average, uh, sorry, a, a mid-40s average half, like, say, Sean Johnson, right, who, who's probably going to put up, mm-hmm. say, like, let's say, like, 44. Um, that, that's better than the majority of centres. Um, so yeah. I think if you... I think you need to prioritize Burton as a as a center uh, more so than yes. a half in my mind. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, like I'm just looking at your at the rankings here like we don't even have Jackson Hastings listed here. I think Jackson Hastings will like if Jackson Hastings was eligible at center, he would be my center 5. Mm. You know. So but, you know, he'll probably float all the way through. Like, you know, we, we won't even see him really. But, you know, and in, in, this, in the draft, like, you know, there'll be guys get like, you know, guys like Joseph Manu, um, you know, Zach Lomax, Jake Alvarillo, they'll all get taken before Hastings because Hastings is only available at centre and everyone's going to be uh, only at half and he's going to be scrambling. You know, people are going to be scrambling for centres, whereas if you get that Burton, even if you reach on him a little bit, you know, and I guess you can probably execute a strategy here with a couple of these guys, like Burton as well. The so, the hard starting schedule probably goes against him, mm. you know. And like I I had a strat last year. I can't remember if it was on air or off air. We were talking about this, and in my in in our draft where he did, where I basically just picked a bunch of guys who were injured or suspended at the start of the year that fell in the draft, and I just took a bunch of values, and I I like intentionally lost the first three weeks, and then you know went on a went on a bit of a winning run. Like I took. Sean Johnson coming back from his Achilles and just had him stashed on my bench for ages. You know, you could do, you know, some sort of thing where you take, you know, Torhu Harris in the, I guess maybe he's gone in the second, third round. I don't know. I'm guessing. Um, is he making it that far? And then, yeah, just go like a Burton who's in this tough schedule, you know, and take a couple of guys like that, you know, and then and then wait on a guy like, you know, Hastings, as you say, and then, then we'll um, see how we go. So, yeah, there's probably a few floating around in the halves even. Like even a guy like Ezra Mam, you know, you can pick him up late or uh, what, like a – who else is there floating around in there? Um, Connor Tracy even, like he's a half-wing fullback. He's, I think he's going to be at centre, isn't he? Maybe not. That's a bit gross. Mm. Forget I said anything about Connor Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> Just put him away. Just get Matt Moylan. Uh, Oh, mate. No, God. I don't know. Can we just go to the Sharks for a minute? Yeah. It's in these comments today. 
you know, like obviously we got we have the sharks in our ladder projections. We have them down at like you know, ten or eleven or something like that. And you know, everyone seems to be like you know thinking that that that's kind of the most wrong of all of our um, projections that we've made. Uh, but you know, and I saw something today about them thinking they're going to be in the top four or something. And like you know what. I mean, and it directly impacts on guys like Nico Hines. I know this isn't draft, but like, what are we? Are we? Are we underrating the Sharks? Like, you know, I mean, we probably need to go back and have a look at this ladder predictor because we've got the Knights above the Sharks, which I think is probably wrong. Mm. Uh, but um, oh, I mean, look for me, they sort of fall in that like six to ten range. You know, like there's not much difference in those teams like there's usually only about Mm. like maybe two four points difference most years between say sixth and tenth um so like to say a team comes tenth doesn't mean they're not a top eight contender if if you know what i mean like you know it's like um losing one game in golden point because you know your field goal shot hit the post versus the other teams went in you know you have one or two of those a year that's the difference between seventh and tenth you know no exactly right all you got to do is ask the I guess the West Tigers or the Dragons. <laughs> do you remember that game a couple of years ago where all the 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 Dragons had to do was beat the Bulldogs to make it into the finals, oh, and then they lost yes. on the Sunday in the last game before the yes. finals. And the Broncton, the Broncos sneak in that year, I think, from memory. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because so because the Dragons that was the year that they like came out firing and they're on top of the ladder after like six or seven rounds. And I think one of our mates had like. Hashtag gamble responsibly, guys. Massive amounts of money on the Dragons to win the premiership, and he was talking about cashing out on them. And um, <laughs> I think we all convinced him not to do it. And then, yeah, sure enough, they didn't even make the eight. And he would have <laughs> able to trip tripled his money that he had on if he had a cashed out in round six or something like that. So, yeah, it's, it's wild stuff. Yeah, I don't Boys. need to tell you which one of our mates it was. <laughs> you, you'll know. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, it was great stuff. But, um, yeah, no, 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 maybe we're sleeping on the Sharks. I think I want to move them above the Knights, definitely. Um, I think they're in the tier with Bulldogs, Broncos, Raiders, Titans, like that tier. Mm. Um, yeah, I tend to agree. I, I still really don't trust the Eels, eh? Mm. Are you as confident on them as what you were? A month ago, or are you wavering? I don't think they're a premiership contender, but I'd be surprised if they finish outside the top eight. Like, they've still got the talent there. Like, the talent isn't leaving till next year. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, because uh, they finished, what, sixth last year. That uh, To me, that sounds yeah. right. Like, they, you know, they're, they're a top eight side, but they're not a premiership contender in my mind. Yeah. Yeah, they're a top eight side, but they're not a top five side. Yeah, there's a... Uh, like uh, for every year for the past couple of years now, there's been a pretty big gap between like that top four, top five, five and the rest of the league. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So like this year it's Roosters, Panthers, Manly, Cowboys, <laughs> and Storm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. No, good. JT's coming back, right? Yeah. Oh, mate, you saw him at training, him and, him and the Chad. Don't you worry. The yeah. boys are coming. Oh, mate, what do you reckon? Do you have anything else here? What do you want? What do you got? You got anything good? 
No, just uh, just draft a hooker and, and enjoy your life. <laughs> I, I guess hooker, please. <laughs> I guess the one thing I just need to say about draft is like uh, to me the idea of captains I think is a little bit broken because like if you draft Cleary or Turbo like you've got such a big advantage over the rest of the league. Um, yeah, you know, like I think our winner last year was the Cleary. You ever picked Cleary from memory? Yeah, oh, they would have been if, if you if you managed to draft Cleary last year and lost, you didn't deserve it. <laughs> like really. So, yeah, mate, well, you know, obviously the listeners haven't sat through my TED Talk on why Cleary's a trap this year, but we'll we'll save that for another podcast, I reckon. Ooh, a little tease. I like it. <laughs> no, I reckon we'll wrap it up there. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining us, guys, and, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Love you guys.